In Bennett v. Ballow, 2022 ARC App 311, the Arkansas Court of Appeals affirmed an order that had set aside two special warranty deeds because of undue influence. The trial court also relied upon a lack of mental capacity and constructive fraud and disallowed nursing records, which were errors, the opinion noted. Judge Gladwin analyzed this factually intense decision. The transfer or Ballow, was age 91 and injured in a motor vehicle accident for which he was hospitalized. He was discharged to a nursing home. While hospitalized, he signed two special warranty deeds to a neighbor, giving land to a neighbor for $1 and assistance provided by Jack Bennett over the years. Bennett was accompanied by an attorney and a notary public. A speech pathologist at the hospital testified that Ballow had moderate deficits, which would make it difficult for him to understand legal documents, but nevertheless, he would have been able to tell me about his land and who he wanted his land to go to. The circuit court ruled Ballow was not competent and reasoned that, quote, Mr. Ballow had only a ninth grade education, was very hard of hearing, and often had difficulty understanding the questions presented to him, end of quote. These deficits did not disturb the ability to transfer property, however. A second basis of the trial court to set aside the transfers was undue influence based on the long-term relationship between Mr. Ballow and Mr. Bennett, as well as the assistance provided to Mr. Ballow for several years. The Bennetts were listed as Ballow's caretakers in the hospital medical records. This ground found favor on appeal. Third, the trial court reasoned there was constructive fraud in execution. The proof was insufficient to meet all elements of fraud, so it failed. The Court of Appeals reasoned that the touchstone for reversal was found in undue influence and the other grounds were wanting. In looking to undue influence, the opinion examined the totality of the record below. Quote, Mr. Ballow's advanced age, injuries, and diminished mental capacity while perhaps not at a level that warranted a finding that he was mentally incompetent, were significant enough to impair his free will. In addition, it was Mr. Bennett's attorney, and not anyone representing Mr. Ballow's interest, who prepared the deeds, and Mr. Bennett visited Mr. Ballow twice for the purpose of executing them. Mr. Bennett also circumvented JRMC's procedures regarding the signing of legal documents on one of those occasions, and his haste to complete the transaction and the gross inadequacy of the purchase price for valuable timberland further support the circuit court's finding of undue influence. Accordingly, we affirm the decree. End of quote. The Court of Appeals disagreed that mental capacity standing alone was sufficient to invalidate the deeds. Quote, While Ms. Capps testified that Mr. Ballow was assessed as moderately impaired in several areas and she did not think he could completely sign legal documents conveying his land, she also conceded that he would have been able to tell me about his land in Drew County and who he wanted his land to go to. Accordingly, Mr. Ballow failed to demonstrate by a preponderance of the evidence that he was mentally incompetent when he executed the special warranty deeds. End of quote. The trial court excluded nursing notes in the medical records because they were not authenticated pursuant to the Medical Records Act, Art Code and Sections 1646-305 at SEC. There are other ways of authentication, however, so this was error. Quote, 
The aforementioned provisions from the Hospital Records Act are intended only to streamline the admission of medical records. They provide that custodians may certify medical records as authentic, see Art Code and Section 1646305, and kept in the course of a regularly conducted business, see Art Code and Section 1646108, by affidavit rather than live testimony. Neither provision directs that a custodian's affidavit is the exclusive means of authenticating medical records or qualifying them for the business records exception, as the circuit court apparently applied one of them here. End of quote. Other means to authenticate the records exist as well, as the business records exception of Arkansas Rule of Evidence 8036. Arkansas Rule of Evidence 901 further provides that a record may be authenticated by the testimony of a witness with knowledge that a matter is what it is claimed to be, Arkansas Rule of Evidence 901-B1. In spite of error and exclusion, there was no prejudicial error that affected the trial, the opinion concluded. The trial court further erred in finding constructive fraud on this record. Quote, To establish fraud, a plaintiff generally must prove the following elements. 1. A false representation of a material fact. 2. Knowledge that the representation is false or that there is insufficient evidence upon which to make the representation. 3. Intent to induce action or inaction in reliance upon the misrepresentation. 4. Justifiable reliance on the misrepresentation. and 5. Damage suffered as a result of the reliance. With constructive fraud, liability is based on representations that are made by one who, not knowing whether they are true or not, asserts them to be true. Additionally, constructive fraud has been defined as a breach of a legal or equitable duty, which, irrespective of moral guilt on the fraud feaser, the law declares to be fraudulent because of its tendency to deceive others. Constructive fraud generally involves a mere mistake of fact. Thus, neither actual dishonesty of purpose nor intent to deceive is an essential element of constructive fraud, and a party's lack of knowledge of the material misrepresentations asserted by him to be true or his good faith in making the representations is no defense to liability. Further, constructive fraud must be established by clear and convincing evidence, which is a degree of proof that produces in the finder of fact a firm conviction as to the allegation sought to be established. At trial, there was conflicting evidence on the first element, whether Mr. Bennett made a misrepresentation of fact. Mr. Ballow testified that Mr. Bennett told him that the deed would merely allow him to look after Mr. Ballow's property while he was in the hospital. Mr. Bennett, on the other hand, testified that Mr. Ballow himself raised the idea of transferring ownership of his property. The decree does not resolve this conflict or, for that matter, make any finding on many of the remaining elements of constructive fraud. Rather, Mr. Bennett's circumvision of JRMC's procedures for the signing of legal documents by patients and the detrimental effect of the transaction on Mr. Ballow, his damages, appear to be the only findings supporting the circuit court's ruling. That, in our view, is error that would warrant reversal of the decree in the absence of any undue influence. End of quote. End of decision.